Marketing Made Easy, the podcast. Now here are your hosts from Get Savvy Club, Anna Geary and Anita Baldwin. Hello everyone and welcome to another episode of Marketing Made Easy from the Get Savvy Club. Anna Geary and Anita Baldwin here. How are you doing Anita? You alright? Well, do you know I think I get scattier. I don't know whether oh. I need um, a holiday. I haven't had one this month. I know yeah, I am at the end of the one. month. But yeah. yeah, only a few weeks to go before and it's we'll be jetting off again. Holiday this time, which is like always better, isn't it? Than a cold yeah. But I don't really not the skis. To me, cold, but... I don't class it as a holiday if it's not hot. That's just like a break. It's not like a proper actual holiday. But yeah, I'll be going to Barcelona in a few weeks. Yeah, and you'll be off um, to thingy, won't you? Rhodes, I think. Oh, is it Rhodes this time? Oh, I yeah. think so. Yeah. You don't really know, do you? It's like a package holiday. So you get on the plane, you get off, you get on a bus, you get off. Well, you do you know. Could be anywhere. Mine isn't mine's like put together by my friend. But yeah. Oh, yeah. So. Barcelona's lovely. I took Ellie and Jack there a few years ago. We did a bike tour and all stuff like that. Oh. We had a great time. They're great to share a jug of sangria with, as you probably are, because um, obviously they don't drink. <laughs> Yeah, I got so. just one glass. <laughs> Nothing yeah, for these losers. Can just, she can have the whole lot to herself. Yeah, and I, I love just, a uh, nice jug of. Sangria. I love my um, coffee and my sparkling mineral water. As I and do. I tell you what they do out there, it's really nice. I'm so cultured, aren't I? Go to Barcelona and have sangria and churros. <laughs> oh yeah, I like that though. Yeah, nice. Yeah, that is good. Might check out the uh, football stadium while I'm there. It's got a bit of a big deal, football stadium. Not that yeah, you it's care. a bit far out there. We were going to go there, but is it, it? Was a bit of a trek. So oh. I went, oh, Jack, we don't really want to do that. And you have to pay to even just look around it, don't you? You did that thing. Oh, you don't really want to go there, do you? <laughs> Why don't we go to get churros? Because <laughs> he was no, like, Mom, we're going. Let's, get another, right. let's get another jug of sangria, shall we, Mom, instead? For us to share. <laughs> More churros <laughs> for these two whinge packs. Yeah. I'll have another joke. So today uh, we've got an interesting chap that I met on Club. When Clubhouse was um, a bigger thing than it is now and everybody jumps on it, I met this guy there and then we connected on Instagram. We were going to do the podcast ages ago. We just never got around to booking it in. Um, and we finally, finally did it. And actually, he's still quite prolific on Clubhouse. He's still like showing up there a lot. Still so trying. He's, he's still plugging away over there. Yeah. So um, which uh, which reminded me because it popped up. I thought, oh, yeah, I need to get him back on the podcast. So it's a guy called David Angel um, and he has um, a business called the Sales Angel so you can obviously guess he's all about sales but he's more than that he helps businesses sort of get to the next level really uh, because so many people and he helps experts so people that are great at what they do similar to us really in that vein like great at what they do but they suck at (laughs) actually getting out there and marketing themselves or they need help um getting out there and selling, selling. His, his focus is mo- mostly thing, on sa- sales if yeah you're a really good i don't know therapist or um business coach or something like that what on earth you know you don't know how to sell no one's you, if you'd like selling you'd have gone into it if you were interested you'd have been trained in it and suddenly you are it and your business will like sink or swim based on whether you can get out there and sell not whether you're good at what you do which is you know a tragedy but true and if you're the expert you're used to people coming to you for the answers so you're used to Mm. knowing what you're doing and then all of a sudden if you've left like a corporate environment where you've been the expert for many years and now you're like shit I don't know how to do it that you often struggle to actually ask for the help because you just think I can figure this out myself I figured this out I was the expert in this but why bother when you can fast track things by connecting up with people that can actually get to you where you want to get to further faster and actually hold you accountable as well because 
I know that David actually speaks a lot to his clients on a, like a daily basis, his voice noting them things. So they're being chased up on making sure they get out there and get those sales. So anyway, so he's interesting, guys. If you want to sell more in your business and who doesn't, uh, then listen to this. Let's get into it. If you're enjoying Marketing Made Easy, the podcast from Get Savvy Club, use your podcast app to rate, review and subscribe. My name's David. I'm known as a sales angel. I'm a sales and business coach. So I work with businesses across the board. One of my specialty areas I work in a hell of a lot with in the last two, three years is for coach, consultant and expert. Because if you're an expert in your field, you're great at being an expert. The stuff you don't know that you don't know, you don't know. And yeah. a lot of the time, if we're used to being an expert in our field, we're not used to asking for help. Half the time, we're used to doubting that anyone can help us because we're an expert on our field. And I work with business owners, coaches, consultants, and experts on 22 areas of their business to get improvements, which enables them to stay being an expert rather than worrying about all the other stuff. And it's all sales-related how to get more results, how to get more effective, how to build out teams, all the automations, and like I said, over 22 areas. So we do that on a one-on-one basis. So it's like me coming into someone's business where we strategize, we hand them all the tools that we have, we give them all the strategies that are tailored to what they need. So instead of going, ah, I need to work out X, we go bang. One of the things we do is interesting. We give 62 I call them drag and drop um, systems. And they literally go, okay, I haven't got an email campaign set up. Great, use this, fill in the blanks, there you go. So it, it oh, gives yeah. everyone that one-on-one step to get things moving. Yeah. And then when you're at 10, 20, 30 grand a month and you go, okay, now I want to hire a copywriter, then you can go in. But I think a lot of people out there get stuck for three, four, five, six months for first year because yeah. they're like, okay, today, this week I'm going to work out what CRM to use. And they research it. They've yeah. still got no clue. Then they've got to set it up where we go, okay, what do you want to do? Use this one. Go and set up here. Here's a guy that we've used before to kit it out. It's going to cost you 120 quid. And so CRM's done. Three days yeah. later, they're ready to go. No um, thinking required. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So instead of all of that faffing, mm. <laughs> um, we we – we streamline that so in the space of that first two months for the people that work hard and are committed they can be where they should be in probably eight nine months doing it on their own and they haven't got as much gray hair as i have which always helps it takes forever doesn't it because you're just like paralyzed by indecision it's a big decision right if you've been an expert in your field and you suddenly go right i'm now going to go off and sell my services my product whatever it is you're used to being known as an expert so suddenly go, okay, Anita's an expert and Anna comes into Anita's world to hire her. They're expecting big things. So we get perfectionism, right? Yeah. Or it's got to be magical. It's got to be perfect because you've come from a company where it was all built out beautifully with millions of pounds. And then suddenly we go, okay, well, I'm an expert, but I've got no idea how to do it. So we break all that down. We work with them to do it. And I actually, by the time we finish this podcast, I probably have 15 voice notes from other people because I work with them literally every day and I get a lot of help (laughs) it doesn't work and because we know the sales side okay all you've got to do is phone up say this do this do that and and they're like okay cool and off they go again and then yeah yeah because don't you think though some of these people because the most important bit let's be honest if you've not made if you're not making any sales you do not have a business so a lot of a a lot of people well yeah a lot of people when they're new to business they will do do these things like research the CRM, um, work out this, work out that, because they're just procrastinating because they don't really want to get on and do the sales bit. And what I love is you're going to help them with sales, but 
yeah. you're going to take away all the things that's stopping them cracking on with sales because you're going to get all the bits working in the background first so that then they don't have those excuses of well i've just, I've just got to set i've just got to do my website first oh, i've just got to line these ducks up it's just like the, the excuses are just phenomenal aren't they you're just like Eva, you know what it's like doing it's like saying you want to be a chef and just having a messy kitchen yeah. You go, yeah, no, but I'm doing loads. You're not. You keep organising the pans. No one cares where the pans go. Go and turn the stove on and start cooking something for crying out loud. Yeah. And they go, okay, yeah. Well, I'm just going to work out what onions we need. No, just get some onions <laughs> and start cooking some food. When things aren't working for people, they think it's because they're not giving enough. So I've just got to create some more PDFs and add another bit. To, and you're like, no, no, people aren't buying the stuff. They're buying the outcome. There's a level of arrogance about us as humans, right? But we set up something and we expect to be like, a, I say, it's like being a magician. And we go, yeah. ta-da! Ta-da! We always say that. Buy yeah. my stuff. People say, like, oh, I've just got to wait till I've done this and then I'm going to launch my website. And yeah, we yeah, say, yeah. yeah. And no one will care. Fair. The mayor's <laughs> going to come in. He's going to put his medal on me. And I'm yeah. going to be just absolutely. And it's it's not that. Yeah. We think no. about all the businesses. That, what's the stats? I mean, we hear most stats are made up, right? But 70, 80% of businesses go out of, out of business in the first three to five years. Let's just say that. Now, a lot of people out there get caught up, oh, that I believe in it and I've got a passion and I know it's going to work. No, they're all feelings. Everyone has those feelings. Everyone has that mindset. Everyone who sets up a business, no one sets up a business and goes, I'm going to set up a business. It's probably going to be a bag of rubbish. Probably won't work, but. Right. <laughs> Everyone believes it. So when we take out the belief, the experience, this and that, and all these feelings and thoughts. When we look at the cold, hard facts, most people don't do the work that moves the needle. They do yeah. the stuff, and we try and show off and say, oh, yeah, so business is forecasted to – we're pre-rev at the minute, but we're forecasted to do the seven we figures a, this we year. We had a pre-rev. <laughs> yeah. As in, we're skint. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, we had loads of, having, I'm having loads of great conversations each week. Great. <laughs> Now, or, if you're Jane you Letterman, tell. that's great. But if you're when just you... having combos in a business owner, it ain't helping you. So what's your background, David? Sales. Uh, so well, I wasn't the best at school. Um, I was only allowed in school one day a week from when I was 14. They said, they, they trialled out a programme and it was, basically, you can go off and do work experience. <laughs> they basically palmed you off to a load of businesses for cheap. You were pimped out. And they said, what do you want to be? Um, and at the time, being a chef was really cool. So I'm like, I'll be a chef. And literally, two days later, I'm in a uh, like a five-star hotel as a chef. Um, I used to do that. Um, That's hard work, isn't it? Working yeah, in the kitchen. and I loved it. It was the first time I genuinely ever tried, learned. With it. By the time I was 18, I was running my, uh, my first restaurant. Like, I just loved it. Um, but I got to 20... I was burnt out. I was tired mm -hmm. and I hated it. So then I come out, this is before people were making money from social media marketing and stuff. And I was like, what now? And people are like, well, what's your options? I'm like, go and work like as a junior assistant in an estate agent for like 15 grand a year, work in a supermarket. And someone said, mm -hmm. yo, you should get into sales. And I'm like, really? I mean, you get paid commissions. And I, at that point, I'd been literally wrapped up in catering. I'm like, what do you mean commissions? Like, well, basically, someone said, Basically, they'll pay you if you do well. I went, so if I get sales, they pay me more. He went, yeah. I went, why doesn't everyone do that? And it was That's just why I head. went into sales was just for that reason. It's like, okay, <laughs> I'll work like yeah. somewhere and if i work hard i'll get more money that, that's yeah, far that's better than I working said. here with these lazy asses and getting the same money as them. Yeah. And I've been a grafter. Like I used to do, I was doing 
70 80 hour weeks at 16 mm. so i was used to doing the graph and i was getting like 60 quid a week like it was terrible so yeah. bad isn't it when you think back how much you had to work i got to um years later and i was just burnt out tired got into sales and i sucked at it like i was horrific doing door-to-door -door, awful and everyone's like, oh, you're going to be great. And I'm like, mm, you probably tell that to everyone. What did you have to sell door to door? First thing we ever, I ever did was, was it Talk Talk? Something like that. Oh, yeah. And you're literally knocking on doors. You drive off to different random areas. It was commission only. And you got like 25 quid for each person signed up. And it was people that were doing 10, 15 deals a day. I'm not literally getting, not even like four, like zero. <laughs> And I asked the top guys, I'm like, listen, can you show me? And the guy went, I'm not helping you. Like, I don't get paid for that. Then I asked the, the number two guy, and he went, you asked the number one guy, um, I'm definitely not going to help you now. So <laughs> they I sound lovely. I don't know, <laughs> So I literally, we, we were on this, uh, like, council estate, um, and it was an end of terrace the best guy was going to. So I hid around the corner to listen, <laughs> waiting for him to knock on the door, um, and then I popped my head around just to annoy him. But then obviously he wants to get the sale. And I listened to it. And the end of that it was one of the, the best moments for me because it wasn't like, wow. He just did like 10, 15 things better by 5%. He yeah. was a little bit better here, a little bit better there. His questions, his intention, his commitment. He made that person feel special as hell. His energy. Energy yeah, yeah, yeah. is so he important. Was yeah. just, that person had them all. And it wasn't like he didn't pretend to know about flowers. Right. He wasn't trying to talk to that woman about her garden and the roses. He was just like, your garden's amazing. Looks like hard work. But it got her talking. Yeah. Right. So then it was all this. And then there was another one and another one. And afterwards I went off and I got my first one. And all I realized then is I just need to get 5% better in each area. And this is even with the coaching now that we do. 22 areas of the business, which we normally see, even for people that are doing all right, a 10 to 40% increase. That makes a massive difference, yeah. right? Instead of going, we're going to revolutionize it, if you can get 10% better at, if I can get you 10% better at, uh, at, pro at prospecting, if I can get your conversion up by 20%, if we can do this 20% and that 20% and this 20%, suddenly it, that's easy, right? Yeah. You're not trying to climb a mountain. You're just getting up to a lot of different ledges. And if yeah. you can do that, it's far easier as a, a as a coach, consultant, and expert to, to bite that. Because then you go, okay, the next year, if I get 10, 20% better a week, that makes a big difference in a year. And that's really what we do. Yeah, and people, you're right. People get despondent because it's not having the effect they want. And they're like, they're oh, I'm Everest. not good enough. Or, but actually, often, Everest, we're clueless. Yeah, but we meet people all the time and we're like, you've got all the parts. You just need to tweak them slightly and then it's going to start coming. You don't need to reinvent. You don't need to go and produce anything else. You don't need to completely change yourself. There's just a few things you can do to just suddenly start having success. And when you when you, they get that and they start having this success, it's lovely as well. Yeah, I've, and I think so for a lot of people out there, people feel sales is a big Robert De Niro themed execution and a conversation mm. but the razzle dazzle and it's not sales is a bunch of different things that you do really really well where that person gets moved past the point where the fear of loss or the desire for gain is to such a degree that staying still isn't really an option yeah. and a lot of the time in sales we've all been sold terribly before and we don't want to be that person which is fine 
But that's like going and having a bad dental experience, right? And then going, oh, no, no, I'm not going to, I don't want to become a dentist anymore. Well, you wanted to be a dentist. Like, if you're on a dental mm. practice, being a, de- a good dentist will be good. And a lot of the time, people hold on to that. And people are scared. People are scared of rejection, scared of judgment. And a lot of the time, again, we're all a little bit arrogant. We think a lot of people think about this stuff. Yeah. But they really don't. And if you're new to the sales as well, because if you've always, a lot of people we work with, have, um, they used to be in corporate for a number of years and they've never had to sell. So they've always had a job where there's not an element of sales in it at all. And then they've come out, they, they want the business, they've got the coaching certificate, for example. And then it's like, oh, crap, I've got to sell. And they think it's, they remember the salespeople in their their yes. business and they they remember that they were so much different to them personality wise and they yeah. feel i can't then become who who they are. i mean it is a bit of a gift to have got thrown into sales at a young age and like how you how, how you did and like i did i did every type of sales job uh-huh. I was selling that selling anglian windows like double glazing windows over the getting appointments and stuff when i was i think i was 15 i don't think i should have been doing it but 15 16 like after school for a few hours so getting that rejection because you just get used to it and you're not yeah as you there, need but as an as an adult coming into it and having all these thoughts behind it is daunting and scary to actually go out and and do it because as well when you're the expert or the coach then you are scared um because they're rejecting you because they actually to some extent they are rejecting you they're not rejecting the business ultimately they are just rejecting the business they're rejecting the ideas that you've got or they don't you've not sold them yeah it is and i think that's a big problem for people is they're like if they say no to me this right now and i've given it my all and i've tried really hard and i've done this and that's the problem if I if I want to go on a date, we spoke joked about dating earlier, and I just walk up to a hundred girls, oh hey, friends gonna have dinner, and I'm joking around, it doesn't matter, and I'm expecting them all to say no, and I'm fine with it. But if I really got dressed up, right, done their hair, thought about what I'm gonna do, approached someone who I really, really liked, really tried this and said that, really had a big plan, and she rejected me, then I'm crippled because yeah. I tried so hard because I left it all on the table. Most people are scared about giving it them all and go wrong. So they don't give it their all, but they end up then with like a half-baked cake because it needs you to go all in to get the result. And most people have that. And I, with with a lot of people we work with now, they're trying to get a yes, where I spend a lot of time with people just getting in the habit of getting no's. Like, just Mm -hmm. go out and get 50 no's today. Yeah. 50 hands, right? Have 50 phone calls, right? Just get in that habit. Nothing is weird, though. When you try and go, you think, I'm going to go and get a load of no's now. And you start getting yes, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But that's the whole thing, right? (laughs) Because then you're focused on it. Or we get them to sell with no. Hmm. Because a lot of people are scared of a no. But if you're then asking questions which, when they say no, it actually means they're agreeing. Like, would you have any objection to me sending over this? Would you you be opposed Hmm. to do this? Would it be completely offensive? Like, really crazy. Would Would it really offend you? If I sent you over something that could show you, well, no, I wouldn't be offended. Great, right? (laughs) Like what you did there. Yeah, yeah, because then you're selling with no. So then if you're scared of the no, make the no your your shield. But when they say no, they're getting it. Like, listen. Your positive affirmation rather than a negative. Yeah, yeah. And so if you're like, listen, would you scream out loud in absolute anger if I managed to send something to you that could increase sales by 30%, well, obviously, I wouldn't scream with anger. No, great. So what I'm going to do is I'll pop out your email because then you're getting what you what you most fear and then you become, the fear disappears and then it becomes almost gamified. And when you can gamify it, you know, like in a computer game, you know you've got extra lives. 
And that's why we treat it so different in real work, because we feel like it hits us in the soul. Yeah. And then we forget the expert that we are. We forget what we're actually helping people for. And it becomes about the sale, not about helping the person. They then see that, and then they don't want to work with you. So can anybody be good at sales? If I can do it, anyone can. Mm. And the thing is with this, you don't need to become great at sales. You need to understand the frameworks and the processes on how to sell. And a lot of the time, people only people that have a small amount of success in sales, they do that because they only understand how they like to buy. So I only like, I'm only going to sell something the way I like to buy. Well, yeah. to be frank, that's selfish. That's a selfish way to, like I sell, I don't sell in my natural way to buy because I'm really spontaneous. Yeah, I'm easy to sell to. Like I'm not overly analytical. You can show me a graph chart and I look and go, okay, I believe it's true, great. Yeah. Other people want to really know the details and where this, now if you decide to go, oh, I don't like to buy that way, so I'm not going to sell that way. Okay, that might be 30% of your audience. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So the stumbling block for a lot of people is you've got to be prepared to learn the other ways to do things. It's like you only being prepared to drive on the left-hand side of the road, but you want to travel across the world. Like, it's not going to work. I'm, no, I'm only driving to the left. Well, you can't go here and you can't go there. Yeah. You've got to work out how to navigate it. And we can do anything. No one was born with the ability to walk or talk or any of that stuff. We had to wear a nappy. None of us are doing that, hopefully. Um so we managed to learn all the stuff that we have right now. The problem is, as we grow up, there's a level of, I say about arrogance a lot, I should use different words, but oh, I should, just as I am now should be enough. Okay, it is. But this might mean you only get this much growth. Yeah. But actually, if you learn just this extra bit, you open up so much more. And that comes down to in sales, knowing what to ask, when to ask, and having a structure. Most people I'll talk to and go, okay, what do you want to do in sales? I just want clients. Great. So do you freak out when you get to the point of asking for the money? Well, yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah, it's maybe a two-call close is going to be better. Well, I don't want to do two calls. Okay, well, you've got a choice. If you want to be effective, you've either stopped, got to learn to not freak out when you get to the close because you're tired and you've done a half-hour pitch, or we break that half-hour into a 10-minute call where we pre-qualify and build a lot of pain points. Then you go into it with some type of, whether that's a PDF or you're going to walk them through, but you can lead into the close because you're more energized. Mm. And most people don't even think that far ahead. Yeah. If you don't think of a strategy on the way you're going to go at it, you're just going to randomly get leads and pick up a phone. Both of you will work in very different ways in certain areas. Your beliefs will be different. So to replicate what Anna's done by Anita doesn't make sense because if Anna actually loves a one-hour conversation, is energized at the end, right? That works for you. If it needs to actually say, do you know what? Two half hour calls would be better for my mindset. Or mm -hmm. Monday, I just do my 10 minute first call. Then I do my closing calls on a Thursday. Then you get the best of you. And if you're doing being a coach, consultant, or expert, you have the ability to build that business around the way you want to work, just tailored to the way your clients want to buy. Yeah. yeah. And I think so much of being good at selling is about listening and not just talking at people all the time because they'll tell you how they want to be sold to or what their you know vision <sighs> is for the future and what have you. But you've got to ask and you've got to listen. Most people listen to reply instead of mm. listening to. Understand. Yeah. Waiting. And, and this is the problem for a lot of salespeople, because if I've done this, say I've sold something a hundred times. I'm used to what the objections are. And some people are like, yeah, 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 I know this bit. Let's get the objection out. Oh, yeah, yeah. You're not, yeah, no, no. You're not ready. You want to wait. I get it. I get it. Listen, let me tell you this. Instead of slowing it down 
And when we get to the stage where we listen to understand, we talk at a slower pace. We have gaps in our sentences because we, because we listen to understand, we expect that from the other person, which means we don't rush our words. And when we don't rush our words, we normally emphasize our words more. We have gaps and our tonality is a lot. Um, there's this phrase before about, I don't know if you've ever heard this one about, I never told you to kill him. Have you ever heard of this exercise? Yeah. Yeah, I heard you mention this the other day. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't, I hadn't actually heard it, but I heard you mention about it. So when we say a sentence, the way we we emphasize our tonality on different words completely changes everything in there. And the reason I use this as an example is simple. If we take a set of phrase like, I never told you to kill him, right? It doesn't really say much. But if I say, I never told you to kill him, straight away it changes. If I say, I never told you to kill him, I never told you to kill him. Yeah. Suddenly the whole emphasis, and that's one word changed on a slight tonality. So then we go, okay, well, that's in a purpose-driven sentence, but everything you're doing in the sales process is purpose-driven. So the way that Anna buys and the way Anita buys, the way you have a tonality on one word means one thing to you, but it might imply something else to Anita. So what we've got to look at is initially getting good at what we do, getting the reps in. But then we've got to listen back to our calls because the way you say something, Anita, actually, it might get perceived by other people with a slightly different tone. Mm. And this is why listening back to our calls is important because this is why everyone hates their voice. Oh, I don't sound like that. You do. (laughs) The only person who doesn't know that is us because we hear the thought, not the words. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Everyone else hears the words, not our thoughts. So it's so important to listen back to what we do, because then we get to understand how everyone hears us. Because if we don't like the way we sound, change it. Yeah. It's that simple, right? Yeah. Oh, I talk really fast and I don't like it. Learn to slow down. I mumble a lot. Talk clearer. Yeah. And it all takes time. But if we don't like the way we sound, we have to accept the fact that that's the way other people see us. I can hate myself on camera, but I have to get used to the fact that's my face. Yeah. <laughs> David's got a lovely face, bless face. him. <laughs> but if my impression of me, if, if I think I look one way, but I don't, I can't live in that fake world because that's not real. Like, I know I'm abrupt, so I have to, if I'm in certain groups... I have to really lower my body language because some people really freak out if someone's really animated. It makes people uncomfortable. I can come across moody or aggressive where if I'm on a a podcast, I can come across as passionate. If I was in a room, in a bar, talking to a woman, right, and it's midnight and everyone's really drunk and I'm this animated, people can look and think I'm having a fight, right? Yeah. So we've got to be mindful of that. And it's not about what I'm trying to come across this way. We've got to look at actually how am I coming across? How do I want to come across? Hmm. And how can I change that? And when people master that, then you master sales. So much of getting good at sales is cringy, isn't it? Listening back to your sales calls. Our mentor used to make us do role plays all the time. And it it makes you just go, but your heart went like, like you this feeling in like your stomach when he used to say, let's just do that. No, let's just not. (laughs) But also when you can embrace (laughs) that point. Yeah. And when we, when we resist it, every time that comes up, we're like, ah, hate role play. But if we get to the stage, when we realize how much of it, like you guys must look back now and you go, as much as you hated it, it got you better. Yeah, yeah, right? definitely. And actually, if you've got a sales team, you'd want them to role play. 
Some people out there have got, pro I had a breakdown years ago, so I've suffered with mental illness. And the big problem I've got is sometimes people are supporting you and other people are actually letting you justify those down days. And some yeah. everyone's ever had a hangover. And the best thing you could have done was get out, go for a walk, right? And you're so glad, but at the time you didn't want to get out of the house. And I think in sales and business now, it's so easy as people going, oh, listen, you be you, boo. Yeah, have easy. a day take, off. Yeah, yeah, have take a few days. Off. No, you can't have any days. <laughs> but you've also got to find that point where you don't have a breakdown, like as well. Mm, so yeah. you've got to find out where's my red line. What is because I don't want to, and what is because I'm unable. Yeah. And when you've got to learn that difference. And some people are out there, oh God, oh no, oh, it causes me anxiety. Okay, cool. I live with anxiety every single day. And I see anxiety like having a pet tiger, right? Imagine having a pet tiger. If it's your mate, it's great. Walking down the road with a pet tiger would be awesome. If that thing wants to bite you, you can't fight it. You've just got to calm it down, get him back to a good place and go out. But it's far better. I'd far much rather have a pet tiger than not. Yeah. Because I think with anxiety, I perform better 70% of the time than people yeah. without it. But for the other 30% of the time, you just got to calm it down. And people go, oh, oh my God, having anxiety is so bad. It's a bit like being uh, Superman. During the start of the film, he gets his laser eyes and burns all the buildings down because he can't control it. Yeah. It's far better to have that talent, that skill, that ability than to just be completely flat. And I think a lot of people are just trying to stay flat. And you've got to play the hand you've been dealt. If that's if that's what you've got, then, you know, I once heard somebody say there's only one thing that causes stress in life and it's looking for the third option because there isn't one. You either accept it or change it. And there's no, there's nothing else there. And so, you, you know, if you can't change something, you have to learn how to accept it. But we're all far better than we give ourselves credit for. I bet you guys have come through some stuff. You've had stuff out there, which you've watched other people break under. And there's a little part of you go, oh, I just need to get on with it. And later you look on. My so my daughter lives with me seven days a week. No partner, no family support. It's not woe is me. Like, I'm lucky to have that time with her. Doesn't mean it's always easy. And I'll go to, <laughs> hopefully now I'm from the parents from my school watching this. And I'll go and watch that. And people will be moaning and griping. I'm like, it's quarter to nine. You're stood in your pajamas. How like, old how is she? I? She's 11. Oh, yeah, lovely. Um, and my boy's eight. And, I was, and people will be, oh, my God, I've had a nightmare this morning, blah, 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 blah. You haven't had that much of a nightmare. You haven't even got dressed yet. People like to whinge, though, don't they? Yes. Yeah, they feel better. They comfort. And I think mm. a lot of the time people don't have anything. Some people are just nervous about talking about we were joking about something yesterday about private jets and the woman, some woman, I don't even know her. I bet a bit of school playground. She went, oh, I'd be nice to go to private jet. I went, yeah, definitely a few years away from that. And all went, Ooh, I was like, it's all right to dream. Don't worry. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and she just looked at me really dead in the eyes as if, how dare you tell me I should dream. Yeah. And I'm like, I feel for you because you genuinely, her knee-jerk reaction wasn't to imagine her being on a private jet. Hers was, oh, anyone on a private jet's all fancy. Everyone's fancy. Like, everyone deserves the best in this world. But a lot of the time, our surroundings stop us believing it's even a, like, yeah. we can't even, if you can't even imagine it happening. Not even an option for her, then, is it? It's not even a, it's like, not even never going to happen. That's what yeah. I feel for her. Because yeah. I'm like, in for you. Imagine if she watches this. Human. But it's true. And if you are watching this, I feel for you. Because everyone should have the ability, even if you don't believe it fully, to at least have it where there's a 1% in your mind that at some point, you could, even if it's just you won the lottery, 
right? Don't have a lot of a lottery win as your game plan for life. But at least if you daydream, when I win the lottery about I'm going to buy a Lambo, I'm going to build a church, I'm going to help like travel the world and help orphans, whatever it is, at least you've had that in here. Yeah. When you mock someone else for it and go, oh, fancy, you're, you haven't even got that in your head with your possibilities. And we are mm. not even touching a service on what we can achieve. And I really feel for people when it that way. Well, you know, David, school run, no eye contact, straight in, drop the kids off, get out of there again. Where, where do you live? You live, what, you said earlier, didn't you, on the island? You're on Isle <laughs> I live of Wight. Yeah, I thought, oh, yeah, nice. I thought so. I've been yeah, there lovely. since I was a kid. Years ago when I had the breakdown and I lost my business, I lost everything from there. Um, and mine wasn't just from like mental illness. Mine was, I lived a crazy little life. I had a complete, I had, um, a, I think my breakdown lasted like two years and I survived through um, alcohol and all the other jazz with it. And I never saw the damage it was caused. And after that, when I got a second, what I class as like a second lease of life, um, which helped me find what I really love, what I really, and I couldn't be happier with my life. I genuinely couldn't. Um, my kids were living back on the island. Their mum had moved back. And I think that was part of it. Like, I love being a dad. Like, it's, and I genuinely see it as a privilege to be a dad. Mm. Like, I really do. Um, so moving back here, one, was great because I see them. Like, my relationship couldn't be better with them. I live on an island which is surrounded by beaches with boats, um, with windsurfing, surfing, yeah. paddleboarding. Like, it's just, if you're not living a party lifestyle, you, you really want to focus on your surroundings. So I literally, I look at the river, I go to a beach every day. Like a lot of people holiday for the life that I get surrounded by. And I'm like, and to live in a world now where I can coach in any country on a Zoom call, yeah. like it couldn't be, and I'm not just wearing like pants underneath this or like shorts, like <laughs> I get to be dressed for the occasion. Um, and I think it's very lucky to live where I do. Um, and I think a lot of people could really have everything they wanted if they just focused a bit more on what they want. Lucky slash you've designed your life that way. Yeah, yeah. And, okay. I, my, my kid, me and my kids have this thing that when we say something daft, offensive, putting ourselves down, we all flick each other in the head. And it's really funny. because they, like they Yeah. <laughs> and at any point, we'll be out for dinner with friends. And say if I say something like that, and they will go, Dad. And she'll be like, okay. So you lean over. And people watching you like lunatics because they flick you as hard as they can. <laughs> and they go, okay, sorry. No, I'm not lucky. I'm fortunate. I'm fortunate to have found my life. So, yeah, we flick each other's head. You could have flicked <laughs> It's worse when you're doing it to them in public. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> people are like, judging. It, started, it happened with, I think it happened with one, one of the kids' friends before. They looked at us like we were mad. Yeah. I'm like, but listen, the words we say matter. It and does, if you yeah. gamify it and, you, and we're prepared to be, like I'm on the same level with my kids. Like we have conversations at the dinner table where we have no BS conversations. Mm, like yeah. you can say, you can tell me you hate me at that meal. In that 10 minutes, you can tell me you hate what I do and this and that. That's fine. And there's no prejudgment. Because if we want them to grow up with the right conversations, the right mindset and the right words, it starts with the conversations we have with them. Yeah. And I think that's the same with my clients, right? We've got to, too many people are trying to get on pedestals. Yeah. Pedestals ain't it. No. <laughs> And not. especially not with your kids on a pedestal. definitely yeah. you're wasting your time yeah, with your honestly, kids doing that you've got to be the best you, you know yeah. you've got to let them be equals to you and things so indeed so there's two questions we ask every guest and the first one is to recommend a book so a development book a business book um anything that you think will help people okay. listening so ironically this is the ugliest cover of a book on the planet before yeah, i always think that about that one it's yeah. horrific 
Yeah. It looks like a terrible cannabis growing book. Like, it's weird. But as a simple, small, and effective book, this was one after my breakdown, which I read cover to cover, I think, two or three times. And it really hit home. Now, that might have been down to circumstance and all that type of jazz. Um, but I found that book to be exactly what I needed. But when there was too much going on in here, it let it... It was like getting a good broom, given the the the, 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 the barn um, a clear out. So that book is a fantastic book. Um, and another second one to go cheeky is a new one that's come out recently. Alex Hormozzi's one hundred million dollar offers, probably one of the best. Honestly, one I of the best. That one. If you read that, and I, I mean this, if someone reads that and doesn't learn, and you're in business, genuinely, like you've got no hope. It is. I, I genuinely. I think one of them, the best books for that that's ever been written the second question we ask because we're the get savvy club is what makes you savvy i have made dramatic epic proportion failures in my life and i'm still here now and without the failures i've got i wouldn't be savvy mm. about it um, and i think i have i think i have not unique but i have a very individual idea and perspective on a lot of things and I think that's vitally important. I like the phrase of, if you want to get to be in the top 1%, you've got to do what the other 99% are not doing. And I think to do that, you've got to be savvy, right? Yeah. You can't, be, if you're not savvy, you're not going to elevate to that next level. And so I think for me, the failures I, that, that I've had have taught me the best lessons. And now I see that was almost like a catapult that then has launched me forward because I'm savvy enough to spot through a lot of the, nonsense and bs and most people out there that are not helpful in your life will seem like they are helpful and it, you've got to be savvy to spot the difference what is the best way for people to find out more about you if they want to um so many things out there I, I post every day um instagram.com forward slash the sales angel um i post on most platforms daily but instagram's the main one for me um there's a lot that we do Anyway, so Instagram is good because there's all of our links that are on there. But you can go to thesalesangel.com. We've got a platform for 700 plus um, interactive videos that are designed to give people an affordable option to, to get on there and get more results in their business. If you're enjoying Marketing Made Easy, the podcast from Get Savvy Club, use your podcast app to rate, review and subscribe. Awesome. So do you know what I love is it's another story where you start off, you fall into something, um, you shit at it. You get better because you have to because you've got that personality that says no i can do this so you do you know i love the story of him hiding around the corner listening to the salesperson <laughs> and popping out going oh i've learned from you but then also having the wherewithal to realize that actually it wasn't that much better than him there was just a few tweaks and he could get there and that's the secret isn't yeah. it and just saying okay i might not be any good at this but i can learn it and i'm probably not that far behind and i think all too often we say oh you're useless you're never gonna and we listen to that imposter horrible vile voice don't we um saying you're never going to get any good at this you're never going to be better and the the chances are there's just a couple of things you need to change and you'll start flying and um that's what i love to think it's an inspirational story yeah. and i have ordered us anna that book on the hundred million dollar offers it's a massive hardback book so um i'll have a read and then you can have a read <laughs> then we'll send it to someone <laughs> if you tag this episode and share it then obviously you can be in with a chance of winning it as usual so obviously tag us into the bloody social media posts that you do otherwise you can't be in the hat to win it but do that and uh, you might be getting this book on its way to you 
brand new version of guy and i agreed with um pretty much everything he said it's funny about what you said about sales though because like in terms of when you're in sales teams and whether the the better sales people will actually teach you or not because often they salespeople that are good at sales a lot of the time can be quite selfish and they don't really want what what's the benefit of them helping I think you that's get a corporate better thing as well um, yeah dog eat dog yeah because yeah, if very you know they, they don't want to show i mean i used to when i when i when i'd had sales jobs before sometimes people go oh, i was good at selling uh just go and sit next to her and it just used to be like oh, sod off like or or i just think you can listen but you as but as harsh as it sounds that like a, um, a guy or, or they can't be you they can't be your personality you do have to find your own way this is why a lot of like sales directors are shit because mm. what happens is they just promote the most successful person they're good at what they do because you know they're selfish and they're been professionally good. selfish that's what i used to call it yeah I've not bad thing. selfish not making your own cups of tea as well, i'm not, but... slowly not doing much to campaign to change selfish into a positive word that we should all strive to be. I haven't done anything on my campaign, but I think about it from time to time. <laughs> I think I might have mentioned it on here before. So actually, I am working really hard. Yeah, 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 you are getting that message out. But there's nothing wrong with being selfish. To, to nope. certain but it's yeah, seen as negative, isn't it? But it's not. Hmm. Which brings us on to question of the week. Da, 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 da. Da, da. Okay, and now I'm going to put you on the spot for this massively. Um, and... We get asked this kind of thing all the time. and it, it, It's a bit of a shit question because it's for people that go, I just want to do one thing and be successful. And we all know that's never going to happen. But give me your best tip to go and get more clients. I just think um, the best tip has to be get a bloody audience. Like, because it, it doesn't yeah. matter how amazing you are. If you've got literally nobody in your audience, if you've cultivated your Facebook group, for example, back in, back six years ago and it was buoyant and now you're going out doing videos in there and no one's viewing it because let's face it Facebook groups don't work as much anymore then no one's got their eyes on you so audience but it's hard to pick one thing because I'd say consistency is just a bigger tip isn't it if you can be consistent and you have an audience (laughs) then you will get I think with the audience thing, funnily enough, we're just re-recording um, our training for Social Media Made Easy. So basically, it's 10 steps to it. You get two or three maybe short five-minute videos for each step, um, and it goes through all the things you need to know, but social media changes. Um, so we're just updating it and re-recording all of it. And I've just been, funnily enough, recording the one on connecting on LinkedIn. And the analogy I used is it's like if you were the kind of business that liked to go to, you know, the school fate and have a table there and everybody was in the hall and then they said, here's your table. And it was like the far back end of the football field. You wouldn't then leave that day going, yeah, school fates don't work for my business. I didn't make any sales. You'd go, the bloody assholes shoved me when nobody comes. And it's the same. You see people go, no, LinkedIn doesn't work for my business. And you look at their profile and they've got five connections. Yeah. You're like, well, that'll be I'm why then. Why. And then they blame LinkedIn. Um, and so, yeah, if you don't have eyes on your business, then you can't have people to buy from you. It's as simple yeah. as that. And then if you don't show up on a, on the regular, then you also won't. So, yeah, I always said one tip. It has to be really two. Well, three. you never conform. Never no, you to just no not really, no. Right. That's consistency right there. <laughs> it is. <laughs> You're not conforming. But I am consistent. Can't argue with that. Consistently non-conformist. Yeah, exactly. So, brilliant. So, that was a great episode um, with the lovely David Angel. Um, go check him out and check us out while you're there. Bloody um, well, for, for the love of God, screenshot this and tag us on Instagram because, you know, not 
you'd think, oh, the people probably done it. Well, maybe they probably haven't. So if you did it, you might have been with a chance of winning. And if you listen, just put a post on social media and tag in Podbean because they're our kind of main site that we um, get featured on. And they have they feature us for way longer than they've supposed to do it for a month and they've done it for like a year and a half, really high up in their rankings. And suddenly we've disappeared. Get us back featured. Also, I just have to add, they keep featuring some, it's probably a lovely guy. <laughs> this is massively triggered, Anna. It's probably a lovely, lovely guy called Bruno, right? Can't pronounce his surname because it's Italian. And he's Italian and his podcast is in Italian. And who can understand that just italian so it's a bit limited and well i think there are some other people but yeah not it's not maybe he's a shareholder of podbean or something maybe he's the creator of podbean i don't know because it's in italian start a campaign (laughs) bye bye bruno hello get savvy club on the featured page well he doesn't have to say goodbye to him just move him along a bit and pop us on there it's the first one see you on the next one Bye -bye. bye That was Marketing Made Easy, the podcast from Get Savvy Club. If you enjoyed it, connect with us on social media. Just search Get Savvy Club.